0: Brothers Aaron and Evan Stefano were your average, everyday unicorn enthusiasts. They started with a dream of creating a unicorn-themed children's television show, and then that dream became a global sensation. This is Where Are They Now? The stars of Storytimes with Evan and Aaron. It started out just for fun, and then we got picked up by PBS and everything changed. Starting with just eight local viewers, Story times with Evan and Aaron quickly grew to become the most watched children's show on TV, winning three straight Daytime Emmys for
1: best children's programming. They were everywhere. You couldn't leave the house without seeing Evan and Aaron. T-shirts, toys, posters, Fallon, Ellen. It was bigger than Beatlemania. Everyone wanted a piece. Nickelodeon tried to make a off. Disney wanted to buy them out. Everything they touched turned
0: the gold. Or platinum. The biggest stars in the world got even bigger after signing a five-year record contract with Capitol Records. Their first single, Unicorn Merry-Go-Round,
1: Unicorn, Merry-Go-Round.
0: shot to number one on the charts and stayed there for 22 weeks. After their debut album, Unicornucopia went triple platinum, Evan and Aaron cemented their place in history.
1: I knew we made it to the top when Taylor Swift wrote a song about us but I think that was also the beginning of the end.
0: And it was. After an embarrassing public wardrobe malfunction, Aaron took a long walk on the wild side and spiraled out of control. I was a mess. I was drinking two, or three gallons of chocolate milk a night.
1: One day, Aaron comes into the studio, three hours late, all hopped up on chocolate milk, and goes absolutely crazy. So that's the last straw, bro. I'm out. We're done. The day Evan and Aaron broke up was like the day Elvis died. An entire nation's heart was broken.
0: So where are they now? Aaron started his own show, Story Times with Aaron. It never took off, but he sustains a devoted local following to this day. And that's what the unicorn says. All right, guys, thank you so much
1: for watching. We'll see y'all on another. <laughs>
0: As for Evan, we sat down with him for one final interview.
1: Could you ever see yourself getting back together with your brother, Aaron? I wish we could. Honestly, I wish we could just go back to how things were at the beginning. Why can't we? Welcome. How's everybody doing? I'm sorry to waste your tithe money like that. I don't know what to say. I just apologize. It's crazy. This is what happens when they have no supervision, by the way. So glad you guys are with us today. Thanks for joining us and uh, happy Cinco de Mayo weekend. Hope you guys had a good time. I know why we're full at the one o'clock, I know what you guys were up to last night. I'm not dumb. All right. Fully aware. So so glad you guys have joined us today. And in case you're wondering what the shirt was about, the 10-11-30 had been totally packed. And so we had to challenge people to move to Saturday night. And so we gave them a bunch of free t shirts so that would do it. So anyways, we, we, we had to move. And so I want to just thank the 1 o'clock for you guys coming to the service. It's a huge help for us because we are totally out of room. And at 10-11-30, can we just stop and thank God that we have a church that even has this kind of a problem? Isn't that a wonderful problem to have, right? So we're grateful for that. But. But there may be a day that we fill this one up completely, too, and if that happens, I may be asking you guys to move Saturday night or Sunday night or, or one of our new service times or something. So thank you, and we appreciate that. People always wonder, like, how does the church continue to reach people when they start to pack out? Well, you either build a new building which in our case would be 30 or $40 million, and I'm pretty sure you probably don't want to do that. So it's easier just to challenge people to move to another service hour because we think it's good stewardship to use the same facility, same seats again and again and again for God's glory, right? That's good stewardship, and that's what we want to do as a church. So thank you. Many of you... Many of you moved to the 1 o'clock, and so we're great. Some of you guys just like the 1 o'clock. That's great. I'm that way, too. I, I'm, I'm a late-night guy, so I would come to the 1 o'clock if I was just attending church. Uh, but thank you for those of you who moved to the service. It really does help us reach more people because typically people, visitors especially, typically come to the 10 and the 1130. So thank you for those of you who helped us uh, by making room. So today's message I'm excited about. Today, Today's message is called A Fast Solution to Your Problems. Let's say our mission statement together real quick. What do we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. It's all about here at Church Unlimited. I heard about a little girl. She was sitting in her classroom in her biology class, and the biology uh, teacher was talking. And the teacher said, you know, um, whales, It haven't been talking about whales. and, and, And the teacher said, you know, a whale can't actually swallow a man. They have too small a throat for that. So I just want you to know, there's no way that could possibly happen. Well, this little girl's really upset. She was just like, "Hold on, hold on a sec." The Bible says that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, and so we know it happened. Me and the teacher shot back and said, "Oh, that's not true. That's just something made up. There's no way that really happened." She was really upset. She was like, "No, no, no, no. That's what the Bible says, you know." And so the teacher says, "Well, maybe the Bible's wrong, you know." Like really, kind of confronting her about this, and she was really bothered. She said, "Well, when I go to heaven, I guess I'll have to ask Jonah about it." And he shot back and said, "Well, what if Jonah's in hell?" And she said, "Well, then I guess you're going to have to ask him. I don't know what to tell you." So today we're talking about Jonah and the whale a little bit. Jonah was swallowed by the whale. We talked about this last week a little bit about how he did his own thing. He ran from God. God got a hold of him in a big way, and now he gets swallowed up by the whale. And so what Jonah does next is a key to the change that happened in his life. In the same way, maybe you found yourself, like Jonah, in a mess by your own doing, and you think, how can I get out of this mess as fast as possible. That's what today's message is really all about. And so let's, ju- let's jump into the first scripture. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 says this. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. I bet he did pray. How about you? Would you pray if you were swallowed by a fish, right? I think I'd pretty much be a man of prayer at that point, right? And so isn't it funny how it suddenly takes a bad situation to happen before we start praying? Wouldn't it be great if we could learn to really pray to God when, when things weren't bad, Right? But he goes to God in prayer because he founds, he finds himself trapped in a small space, right? So he cries out to God. He says this, he said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the heart, very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. Clearly, Jonah was in the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. <laughs> to the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. So he cries out to God, realizing he really needs the Lord. Let me ask you a question. You ever been in a small space? You ever felt like, like you're boxed in, like, like like you feel trapped? Maybe you're in a small job. And you feel like you're in a small career or or, or you feel like the paycheck attached to that job is small. Maybe you feel like you're in an insignificant role or you feel like you're in a small, tight space, kind of cramped in. And you think, God, how can you be in this when I feel so limited? You ever ever felt like you were in a small space? Feel like you're cramped and, and not really going anywhere? And I travel a little bit, and, and, and I used to think that was glamorous until you do it. I mean, you don't know what I'm talking about. It seems really cool to travel unless you actually travel, and it's not fun anymore. But, but I travel a couple times a month, and, and when I travel, typically I fly in somewhere, speak, and then, or consult, and then fly out. So it's kind of a quick trip. So normally I, I pack a small bag so I can, you know, normally they're rushing me to the airport at the end so I don't have time to check a bag, and I just, you know, basically show my, you know, my, my, my pass on my phone and just get on the plane and come home. So when you do that, you got to pack a really small bag, so I typically have a change of clothes, and, um, you know, trying to fold nicely a suit sometimes or, or, or a jacket or a coat. And, 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 you know, you got to bring little Ziploc baggies with all your little toiletries. I mean, it's really a hassle. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? It's, it can be a real pain to do this. And it never fails, right? You get on the plane and you have to be sitting in between... Two former WWE stars, right? You're like this, and you're like, nice to meet you, and nice to meet you. You know, like there's just no room. You're packed in a small space. But, you know, I'm willing to be packed in a small space because if I'll endure it, that small space can take me somewhere much faster than I can go on my own. So the small space that Jonah was in, in the belly of that whale, that whale was actually... Taking Jonah where God wanted him. Eventually, he gets spit up on the shore of Nineveh. Got some great news for you today. Some of you feel trapped in a job, in a relationship, or in a marriage, in a situation, and you don't know what to do about it. And I've got some great news for you. God has you right where He wants you, and He will deliver you where you need to go. Isn't it good to know that today? He knows what He's doing. So here's Jonah praying from a small space. And the first thing I want to tell you today is this, number one, you are one humble prayer away from a turning point. You're one humble prayer away from a turning point. I think it's interesting that that Jonah was swallowed by a fish when in the Bible there's actually a lot of talk about fish. You know, Jesus talked about fish. He said, he said, follow me and I will make you fisher of men, right? There's a lot of fish stories around here. We live in South Texas. So, you know, guys are like, oh, I caught a fish this big, you know, and the next week it's this big, right? And so, you know, there's a lot of fish stories, but Jesus talked about fishing a lot because he considered himself a fisher of men. And here's what I, I think this really means to us is that you got Jonah who gets swallowed by a fish and you got Jesus who's trying to catch fish. And so the truth is, is that you're either busy catching fish or being eaten by a fish. In other words, are you influencing the world? Or is the world eating you for lunch? Which one is it? It's one or the other. Some of you are in business and you're like, man, I just want to land a big fish. How can you land the big fish when the big fish keeps landing you? we got to say, well, it got quiet in here, by the way. Because the truth is, is that we all want to do big things in our life, but we find ourselves in a small space. And so what do you do when you're in a small space? You have to recognize that oftentimes we have made decisions that have gotten us there, Jonah, you did some things. You ran from God and it messed things up. You create a mess. We're thrown into the sea and now a whale has come along and swallowed you whole. So the first thing you got to do is, is make a humble prayer and say, God, I need you and I need you now. I need you desperately. You're only one prayer away from the help of God in your life. Isn't that good to know that he is still with you even when you find yourself in the belly of a whale. Even when you find yourself in a dead end job, in a bad relationship, in a situation you don't know how to fix. Even when you find yourself addicted, uh, over indebted, uh, over stretched too far with your finances. When you find yourself emotionally tired, God is still with you, even in the most awkward places. If you cry out to Him, He hears you. He hears you. He's with you, and He wants. To help you. He, he, he really does want to help you. Look at the scripture. Look at what happens next. Verse 7. He keeps praying. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. Wow. Jonah says, you know, you were there for me when my life was ebbing away. What does that mean? Ebbing away means it got smaller and smaller and smaller. Number two is this. When you're running from God, your world gets smaller. You get less choices. And you begin to settle for less. Have you settled for less in your life? Let's just be honest in here. Have you had this dream that God gave you about a godly man or woman to be in a relationship with, but you couldn't find that, so you thought, I'll just, you know, go for the person in front of me rather than who God has for me? Have you settled for less? And by the way, how's that working for you? How's that working for you going for someone who's not honoring God, and therefore you're not honoring God in your life or relationships either, right? Some of you have been through multiple relationships like this, and it's not really getting better. Maybe you need to quit trying to pick them. Your picker's broken. I said picker. Let me be real clear there. Picker was the word. A bunch of perverts in here. I'll tell you what, what's wrong with you people? But if your picker's broken, this is what you got to do. You got to say, God, I pick you. I choose you and I'm just going to honor you with my life. And if I'll do that, then I know, God, that you will then in your timing and in your way, bring me the right person. So I'm going to choose to honor you with my life and then believe that you will open the door for that right person. Or let's just be honest. At least be honest with the person you're dating and just say, hey, I'm just going to tell you the truth right now. I'm not really dating you. I'm dating who I think I can turn you into. I mean, at least be honest with them. They deserve to know the truth. You're my project. I'm going to reshape you into who I want you to be because I wasn't holding out for what God has, so I'm just going to take you, and basically, you don't know, it, but I'm basically going to manipulate you into acting like a, a strong Christian since I can't seem to find him. At least be honest. See, that's not what God has for us. Quit selling for less. Are you selling for less in your business relationships? Are you settling for less? Are, are, are you? Here's a great example of selling for less. We make our world smaller. You know how we do that? Because we, we rather than building a large life for ourselves that God has for us, rather than going for that, we start to say, I'll just instead get a big old large TV and watch other people's lives. Man, I got this big six-inch TV. It sounds big for a TV, but six inches is really small for your life. That's all you have going for you. And now we shrunk it down to just a phone. Oh, oh, I don't have a lot going on, but I got 10 likes on the last post. Congratulations. Oh, I got all kinds of followers. You know, having a lot of followers on your Instagram is about as successful as having a lot of money in Monopoly. Congratulations. But when are you going to start to live a big life? You know why we settle for a small life? We fall for worthless idols. God, be careful for what you put your mouth around in the ocean because it may have a hook in it. Some of us have taken a bite out of something that we had no idea what it was going to cost us. Oh, man, it's quiet in God's house today. It's almost like the conviction's here. You know what I'm saying? Because God's saying, you, you, got, you got hooked and it hurts. How do you unhook? How, how, how do you do that? How do you get out of a small space? How do you get out of a trap that the world put in your way? More on that in a minute. I want to stop real quick and just challenge you, by the way. Next week, we're starting. We have, next week is Mother's Day. And uh, we're going to celebrate moms. And uh, don't we love our moms? Come on. Give it up for our moms. We get to honor them next week. Yeah. For those of you who forgot, this is also a warning, and you need to go out and get them something. Okay, so I'm going to just say that right now. So you maybe you be like, write that in your hand. Okay, make sure I buy my mom something, a card or flowers or something nice, you know, that kind of thing. So, and don't be cheap. Let's, let's do, go out for mom, right? Let's, let's do something cool for them. So I want to encourage you to do that next weekend. Also, it'll be a high attendance. You know why? Because on Father's Day, all the dads, you know, go, let's go to the lake. And all the moms on Mother's Day go, I just want all the kids with me in church. And so that's why <laughs> church is packed on. Mother's Day weekend. In fact, it's the third highest weekend of the year. I don't know if you knew that. It's Mother's Day. So please bring your mom with you. Bring your, your grandma. If you have a sister who's a mom, bring her, bring all your family and celebrate mom with us. Is that cool? And also, mom, we have a gift specifically just for you. We're kind of stepping up our game this year. And so be sure to be here. We have a gift for all the moms in the house. And so don't miss Mother's Day at Church Unlimited. We're just going to celebrate your mom. Uh, it's going to be a really special weekend. And then following that, the next series we're doing is called Running on empty you're not going to want to miss this series because a lot of people are just tired maybe you're just worn out emotionally or even physically you just feel like man i feel like i'm just dragging if that is you you're going to love this series we're going to help fill your empty tank and so don't miss the running on empty series coming up as well I want to challenge you let's do what we believe our mission statement is to do right what's our mission statement again what are we here to do to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die. Period. Well, this is an awesome opportunity to do this. That to invite someone to come to church and hear about the love of Christ, so that they can receive Him and they can go to heaven one day too. And so, I want to challenge you to bring a family member with you, bring a friend. Don't miss church this weekend. Uh, th- this next weekend is going to be great. So, jump back in the message with me and check it out. Jonah chapter two, verse nine. He says, but, "But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you." This is his prayer. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So this fish, projectile vomits, right? He vomits out. I'm not trying to be gross. That's what they Like, the fish is like, luw, luw, and out comes a man, right? And so he vomits out Jonah. You know, how would you like to be vomit? That's not really my idea of a good time. So he vomits out the, the, the fish. Think about it. this is a whale. They can only get so close to land, right? And so this whale gets as close to land and then just blah, and then just, and so Jonah, it says that vomited out on dry land. That means he flew in the air. I mean, think about how cool that would be. You're fishing and you're like, oh, this is cool. Is that a whale I see? And all of a sudden you're like, is that a man I just saw fly out of that whale? I would have loved to have been there. How cool would that be, right? And he just flies out, you know, throws him on the ground. He's like, oh, you know, he's got gastric juices. He's all white from it. You know, it's probably gross, you know. I'm just telling you what it would look like, right? It's probably disgusting, right? You know, I'm sure he went in the water and just, ah, get those, ah, it's gross. You know, get all this off me. And so he gets vomited up, but in that, when he's, when he's vomited out, he doesn't realize it, but he's landed on Nineveh where God wanted him to be. I got some good news for you, by the way. Those of you who've been vomited out, and you got rejected. Someone threw you to the wayside. They thought they threw you to the wayside, but God's so good, he made sure that they threw you forward into the will of God. Isn't it good to know that? Those of you who've been rejected by someone, been hurt by a company, an organization, a friend, someone you cared for, you thought they threw you to the wayside, oh, no, 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 you went forward. You just don't know it yet. God had his will. And so he projected, projectile vomited him. It's interesting in this prayer that there was something in this prayer that Jonah did that got him out of a small space. How cool is that? So wouldn't it be cool if I could give you three simple steps today that would get you out of your small space? What, how many of you guys are interested in that? Like, so you're telling me there's something I can do to get out of this dead-end job, to get out of this dead-end situation or relationship or problem. You're telling me that I, there's something I can do that instead of all the walls coming in on me, I can actually escape all that. Yes, right here in the Scripture. It's a three-step process. And So here it is. Number three, become grateful for the blessings of God even while trapped. So what does gratitude look like? There's three things that we can do to show a heart of gratitude. If you'll do these three things, you also will be vomited out of your situation, right? You'll, you will escape the smallness of your situation back into a large world and opportunity. So what are these three steps? Gratitude leads to, first of all, he says, but I wish shouts so grateful praise. So gratitude leads to what? It leads to praise. When you can praise God in your small situation, it prepares you for your large situation, if you can praise God for your small home, maybe God will make opportunity for you to have a large home. If you can praise God for your small position, maybe God could open up doors for you to have a larger position. If you can praise God from a small space, there's lots of small spaces. Maybe you're in school. That feels pretty small. Maybe you're in a brand new job and you don't make a lot of money. You have to do the shift you don't want. It feels pretty small. Maybe you feel like what you're doing, no one notices It feels so insignificant. It feels pretty small. Just stay faithful. God has a plan if you'll just praise Him in the middle of your difficulty. If you learn to praise God when things are going bad, then how much better will you be trusted by God when things are good? We have to learn to praise God. See, everyone can praise God when, when you're up, man, when the money's flowing, things are going good, relationships are kicking, everyone's liking you, it's all good, you're Mr. and Mrs. Popular. But can you lift your hand to God when things fall apart? Can you lift your hand to God when you're broke? Can you lift your hand to God and say, God, I don't understand this, but Lord, I'm going to worship you and I'm going to praise you anyways. That's real praise, isn't it? When you say, God, I don't even feel close to you, but I love you anyways. That's Real praise in that moment. Second thing, it says this. He says, I will sacrifice to you. What does that mean? Giving, making a sacrifice. You say, well, I mean, pastor, I just told you I'm in a small spot, and you're asking me to tithe? Oh, I'm not asking you the Bible. It is. Don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. The Bible says here that Jonah committed to bringing a sacrifice to God while he's in the belly of a whale. So apparently, you don't start sacrificing when things get good. You start sacrificing when things are bad. In fact, you don't start sacrificing when things get good. You start sacrificing so things get good. So you don't start giving because you got so much money. You start giving so that one day you can actually have some resources because then you become trustworthy. You see, I've never met anyone who said, oh, I'm going to begin to tithe because I just have so much money sitting around. I haven't met anyone with that yet, but I've met lots of people who said, I am so broke, I might as well trust God with my finances. I'm so out of resources, what could it hurt to say, Lord, I tried this on my own, didn't work, so I'm going to trust you. So maybe today God's leading you to give. In fact, maybe one of your dreams that God's given you, the large space that you'd like to be in rather than the small space, has to do with money. And so you're asking God to do something financially in your life, but yet you, you won't be trusted by him with resources? So you're saying, I'm going to keep it all for myself, God, but I want you to bless me. It doesn't work like that. You see, when you open your hand to heaven, heaven opens hands to you. When you say, God, I want to bless your house, God says, well, now I'll bless yours because now I can trust you. And so will we become givers? Will we become tithers? Bible Bible's very clear that actually when you tithe, he opens a window of heaven right over you and pours that blessing right on you. Now, please don't believe for a second I'm trying to tell you that you spin around five times, scream hallelujah, you become a millionaire. That's ridiculous. I'm not saying that. Don't listen to some stupid charlatan on TV that's just trying to bilk you for your money. That makes me more mad than it makes you because it makes what we do look bad. That's not what we're about here. But if you'll be faithful, God did not promise to make you a millionaire. He promised that if you'll trust the Lord with your resources, He will take care of you. He will make sure your needs are met. We can trust the Lord financially. I remember when I was in seminary, I was totally broke. I was in school. I mean, just, you know, it's basically a master's degree, so it's just like going to school. And so I was in seminary and I was trying to, trying to get through, you know, we were so broke. And, barely paying the bills, and I, and I was paying for school on my own at this point. And so, um, I, you know, I get the bill, and I, I go by the registrar's office. I was like, what, what what's it going to cost this semester? And they tell me, and I'm like, oh, man, can I make payments? And so I remember making like a payment, you know, and just thinking, man, I, this is a lot. I don't know if I have the money for this, you know. And so I made the payment. I remember that week, the next week, you know, I'm at church, you know, I tithe. And I was like, Lord, it's all you. I mean, I, I'm doing this for you, so why would I not trust you? So it hurt. I mean, it was like this is this is one of those days. It's, it's tough to tithe. One thing, you know, because I could have easily justified it, right? Oh, well, I'm in the seminary. I'm trying to be a preacher. So I mean, can't that count as my tithe? No, that's not my tithe. Full ten percent goes to God. I was like, okay, Lord, here you go. I'm gonna give to you. Then next week it happened to be my birthday, and a small group in a small church I was working at the time. I had to learn to, by the way, be faithful in, in a small church. That's where you start. You just got to stay faithful. And so I remember just honoring God in, in, in my tithe. And that next week, uh, we had a little small group that we met with. It was about the same size as the church. It was a very small church. But we met, and, and uh, I go over to this person's house, and we did this every Wednesday. And I went by, and, and uh, as I was there, you know, I kind of noticed out of the corner of my eye that there was a cake. And I thought, oh, they, they must, someone must have told them it was my birthday, right? So Jessica, I guess, told them we were newly married at this point. And so I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, they're going to surprise me with a cake, you know. So I didn't say anything, and we had the Bible study, and it was great. And at, at the very end, um, they surprised me. They brought a cake out, you know, lit up with candles and, you know, we celebrated and we were eating cake. And I was like, Thank, that's really cool. That was awesome. And they said, hey, Pastor Bill, one more thing. I was like, oh, what's that? And, and one of the persons said, I went by where you go to school. And I was like, oh, really? And they go, yeah, I went by your seminary. We wanted to present this to you. And they handed me the bill paid in full. They had paid my semester of seminary. I, was, I, I mean, I just, I wept. I was like, are you kidding me? Once again, if you'll just trust the Lord and be faithful to him, he knows what you need better than you do, and he will meet your needs. He has for me, and I was tithing long before I was ever a pastor, and God just meets our needs. So the three things that, that Jonah did here to get out of that belly is praise. He gave a sacrifice. And the third one, it says here that he will make good on his vows. So obedience. Maybe God's leading you to do something that you know he told you to do that you haven't done yet. Could it be that you're, you're way off track in your life just because of one simple area you won't obey God in? Isn't it ridiculous to throw your life in such confusion and all jacked up situation because you won't, because you're because we're we're so stubborn and so arrogant, we won't just get right with God in one area? I mean, I know none of you would do that. But wouldn't it be ridiculous if we were so caught up in ourselves, if we were so arrogant and thought, I can figure it out, and then life just gets worse and worse and worse, and we're just not willing to obey God and what he told us to do? I mean, I know none of you would do that. Maybe you have. I, I don't know. I mean, I've done it a few times. I, I don't think any of you would, would, would be there, though. To where we literally miss out on the will of God because <laughs> we think, I'm going to do my way. Well, how's your way working? Because last time I checked, you became whale food. So that must not be working because the world is literally eating you. So maybe it's time to do it a different way. Look what happens next, jo- Jonah chapter 3. So he praises God, he gives sacrifice, and he obeys God. He says, okay, Lord, I'll do what you want. Whatever you want, I'm going to do. Then look what the Lord tells him, what he wants. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. So what God tell him to do? Exactly what he told him last time. Go to Nineveh, Jonah. I don't want to do that, Lord. I don't like those people. I don't want to go preach to them. God says, okay, fine, you you know, so he runs from him, throws him in, out into the ocean from the ship that he was trying to escape God with, and then he gets swallowed up by a whale, and guess what? The whale spits him up right back on the shore of where? Nineveh. What's God saying? He's saying, you can't get around my commands. This is really important. Number four, God's commands still stand, so go back and obey where you left off. When I was in high school, my dad bought me a car. Now, I was grateful for the car, but I got to warn you, it wasn't pretty. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like the first timer car and it was really ugly. It was one of those cars that's held together by Christian bumper stickers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so my dad bought this car for me. It was a piece of junk, but I liked it. It was four wheels. I could, you know, I had some freedom. I could see my friends, go on dates, whatever. And so I remember one day I was out front of the house, washing my car, wanting to make it all look nice. I was going to go on a date or with my friends. I forget what I was doing, but, but I was cleaning up the car as nice as I could. And I remember my dad walked by, and he, just, he literally said this. He walked by, and he goes, you can't polish crap, son. I was like, really? You buy me this junker car, then you make fun of me for it. That's great. Thanks a lot, Dad. So anyways, but I was cleaning the car. And as I was doing that, I, I like to, I, I'm still this way. I like to have, when I, when I clean my car, it, to me, a car is not really clean unless you do the tires really well, like the wheels, you know. So I'm like cleaning the wheels really, really good. And so I go around to all the wheels and I'm, I'm like soaping them up real good. And they got suds all over them. And then, of course, if you leave it too long, you know, it'll dry and you got to start all over again. So then I do it real quick, all four tires. And I have the hose and I run around, I'm rinsing all the tires off and I go around the other side of the car and I've got to get to that last tire. And about the time I get over there, ooh, I get yanked back right? So I'm like, yanking it, and it goes back. How do you guys know what, what happened, right? You already know this, right? It, it got stuck, the, the, the hose, on the last tire, right? And so, but I'm stubborn. Maybe you're like this. And so I'm like, no, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to go back and, and go unstick the stuck, you know, hose. I'm just going to pull. So it's like, and, and you know, it's stretching, but then guess what? Then it cuts off the flow of the water, right? So I have to go back and unstuck unstick right where the hose got stuck, right? You got to go back and fix the problem. Could there be someone in here today that you're trying to just skip what you know you did wrong rather than go back and get it right, and you wonder why the the flow has been cut off in your life? Could it be because of your stubbornness? You don't want to go back and say you're sorry. You don't want to go back and get things right. And God's saying, you you can do this you want, but you're going to have an incomplete project, incomplete relationship, incomplete life. And the flow gets cut off. Maybe time to go back where you got stuck. Just like Jonah had to go back to Nineveh do the right thing. And by the way, because he did that, the whole city got saved because he went back. What's God telling you? It's time to go back and get something right. It's time to go get this relationship right. It's time to... It's time to say you're sorry to someone. It's time to ask forgiveness. It's time to go back and fix something that you want to stubbornly skip. And God's saying, you, you can't do that. See, if you're going to obey the Lord, then you've got to go back and obey the last thing you disobeyed. And then God can spit you out of your small place. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. We just take a moment to pray today across all of our campuses today. I want to encourage you today. God has something special for you, has something big for you. I want to challenge you to obey the Lord. Maybe maybe today God has been convicting you and speaking to you. And maybe today you say, Lord, forgive me, I, I have not been willing to praise you From a small space. If that's you today, would you lift your hand high today and say, God, I'm going to begin to praise you from a small space. I'm not going to complain anymore. I'm going to praise you from the small space that I'm in. Praise God. Thank you. There are hands all across all of our auditoriums. Maybe today you're the one who says, Lord, to be honest with you, I'm a little embarrassed, but God, I have not been faithful to the tithe. I have not trusted you with my finances. And could it be, dare I say, that it could be one of the areas that you're not doing well in? Could it be that the very area that you want God to bless you in, you're not even Trusting him in that area? How many of you would admit, you say, Lord, forgive me. I I have not been really giving to you. If that's you today and you say, Lord, I want that to change today, would you lift your hand high to God and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to begin to give to you today? Thank you. There are hands going up all across our auditoriums. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your obedience today. Or maybe today you say, you know, I've just not been obeying God. I know what you told me to do, God. I've just been unwilling to do it. And I've been trying to stubbornly pass it up and now I'm stuck, and I got to go back and obey you. How many of you guys have an area right now that you know God's telling you, go back and obey me. You know what it is. You know what it is. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, thank you. Maybe today you never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You can pray and you can receive Christ right now by praying a very simple prayer. We're going to pray this together out loud, and you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. See, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you paid the price for your sins and for mine, and he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you to individually accept him. Would you pray this prayer with me? We're going to pray this out loud together all across all of our campuses. Just pray this prayer. You can say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin, and you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.